any of you guys ever drink uh, methamphetamine in a glass of orange juice? Um, not today. Not yet. Welcome to Breaking Vinyl. I'm your host, Ez, a.k.a. Johnny, 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 Tonight, I'm joined by my three co-hosts. First up, the podcaster coming through in high fidelity. Evil Ed. What's up, people? And the podcaster playing the deep cuts. Dangerous Dave. Hello, hello. And last but not least, the podcaster with a degree in rock and roll, Beaconstein. Hey, y'all. And as always, the mission of this show is for us to introduce each other and you, the listeners, to albums and bands which you may never have heard before, while also discussing the classics. And on occasion like today, we will ruthlessly <laughs> insult each other's musical tastes. So sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Tonight, we will be discussing the second studio album by the Dogs Demore, Inside the Dynamite Jet Saloon, produced by Mike Dernley, released in 1988 by China Records. The album did not appear on the Billboard 200. The band's lineup was as follows. On lead vocals, Tyla. On guitar, Joe Dog Almeida. On bass, Steve James. So cool. And on drums, The Maniac. Bam. Uh, and if you guys like um, custom-made silver, Bam actually has a store on Facebook. Uh, Bam Silver, I think it is. And he makes uh, custom rock and roll jewelry. Really good stuff. So go over and check that out. Uh, all right, so let's do some band facts on this one. I'll get us started. Uh, fact number one, Rolling Stone magazine listed this as the most underrated album of all times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, did you make that one up? And number two, and number two, Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones was quoted as saying, this album broke the mold of hair metal bands in the 80s and should be considered a cult classic. That's what I have. Dave, what do you got? All right. Originally, the band was named Bordello Boys. Uh, this album is the first one featuring the, quote, classic lineup of the band. They've gone through some lineup changes over the years. Uh, the band toured with Johnny Thunders as an opening act in 1985. And uh, one more, if you look up loudersound.com, our buddy Sleaze Grinder wrote an article on this album dated June 27th, 2016, about how great it is. I will not quote it here, but it's beautifully written. Uh, go check it out. I love the Sleaze Grinder. Me and the Sleaze Grinder actually sat at the same table at a wedding. I love the sleeves grinder. He's so cool. If you guys haven't seen his show, um, Heavy Leather uh, Dance Party, right? Uh, go check that out. It's fucking super cool. You can check it out on uh, YouTube and whatnot. He's he's a fucking maniac. Um, Ed, what do you got? I have one long fact about this band. Oh fuck you! <laughs> the oh, list of you. band mem- the list of band members is insane. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So this is different bad. members. Okay. All right. Tyla was the only cons- constant in this, so I would assume there lies the problem. No, no. Okay. So here's what it is. No, <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, no. That's not what it is. Actually, they're still touring to this day. So yeah, this, so it so it raids. So this is an uh, this is a guy who has you know he had to go through that many guys because he's just not going to put it down. And the funny thing is, is actually I still I think they're almost better. Not better now, but like early mid two thousands. This guy Tyler got really cool, man. He started like look like Johnny Depp, and he started like doing weird shit, like cutting himself on stage. There's one video on YouTube where he like actually cuts himself wide open, uh, right above his um his stomach. I mean, really bad. And he's singing, and he's like got this like twelve inch gaping wound, just gushing blood out. And he finally just collapses, and you hear him just like smash his head on the floor. And the show stops, and they come out, and they take his lifeless body off the stage. So this guy's a fucking maniac. I love Tyler. Fee, what do you got? Uh, Rock uh, and roll. He should he should have finished the job. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, fuck you, dude. Fuck you, dude. I I didn't get much on these guys. Um, I you know I thought they sounded like an English band, and they are. You know, yeah. formed in 1982. Tons of albums. How and why I'll never know. But oh, you know, yeah, yeah. That's okay. all I got. Okay, let's hear some <laughs> opening thoughts. I will get us started. Uh so I saw the ad for this album in the back of a Krang magazine right when they broke, and I thought they looked like as cool as a band could look. I was just like, whoa. And I was expecting to hear something like <clears throat> LA Guns or something when I saw the picture. I was like, wow, this is so cool. So I ran out. I bought the cassette. It immediately did not sound like anything I'd ever heard before. It was literally the opposite of all my favorite bands. An album I probably should have hated immediately. Um, But I was 100% hooked from the very first note. I loved it. I played it on a loop for months and months and months on end. And if I met somebody else in the scene that had discovered this album and fucking like got what they were doing, it was like we were in a little secret society of rock and rollers that found this band and got what they were all about. And 35 years later, I dusted it off. And it's just as cool as it was back then. It hasn't aged a day for me. And I listened to this one. Literally, guys, all week, I probably listened to it back-to-back 20 times. I couldn't stop listening to it. Uh, I would also like to give one more fact on the album. Those two facts I said were made up. (laughs) Shocking. Uh, Okay, Dave, go ahead. Have you heard this one back-to-back, whole album before preparing for the podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I was a little late to the party with the uh, Dogs Do More. I probably started checking them out in the uh, early to mid 2000s. I can't remember if I heard something about them or saw the album cover or just randomly discovered them during a you know deep dive internet search of cool stuff to listen to. Uh, I was definitely intrigued by their similarities to other roots rock bands that I liked, like the uh, you know Stones and Faces and the Choir Boys. I've had this one for a while now and I've listened to it many times. All right, awesome. Uh, <clears throat> Ed, I know you're a big fan. Tell the tell the listeners all about it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a huge fan. I couldn't turn this off. It was unbelievable. Oh god. I want to thank you for selecting this album. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh Dave, I can only wish that they sounded like those bands. 
because I liked all those bands you just named. However, <clears throat> this was the first time I ever heard of it. I look at the album and I go, okay, so they're a Poison band. Oh, they don't look anything <laughs> like Poison. Then I listened to the first song and my wife goes, oh my God, they sound like a Brett Michaels ripoff. <laughs> and I went, okay, I don't hear that, but sure, I'll, I'll bite. And uh, I just want to thank the band it themselves, the musicians in there, because the music is fun. It's good. It's, it's, I, I, okay. I'm going to say it's good, but uh, I'm going to elaborate on my version of good at the end, because this is just not my style. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fee. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have it coming after last week. Go ahead. No, I, you know, I, I kind of had some similar thoughts to Ed. You, you first said the album, I'm like, cool. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this because you had discussed Vane before and you sent us that tune. And I was like, this is a pretty decent tune. I was looking forward to that Vane album. And then you you pivoted and went to this. So I was like, all right, I'll, get, I'll give this a shot. So I download it and I look at I look at the album cover and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, Poison. Okay, so late 80s, you know, whatever. Um, and I get it. But it was more like Poison on fucking heroin and cigarettes you know like yes, not like yes. you know um, much cooler much cooler <laughs> well <laughs> depends on your definition of cool i guess but okay. um yeah and then i listened to the first song and said fuck it's gonna be a long week and and, and like you des i listened to this album like you know i got about a 30 to 40 minute commute so i listened to this album way there way back you know a few days and i you know at least five six times this week just just really giving it a shot I really gave this a shot, so keep that in mind while okay. I while I review each of the these wonderful. While 10 you tracks. dismantle yeah. this album, <laughs> <laughs> while you dress this album down. Um, so, Dave, could you agree with me that this and Poison has absolutely zero zero similarities musically or visually? Yeah, not not even close. It's very very different from Poison. The, the, yeah, the only thing that I could see you maybe thinking that is that first Poison album had the four box pictures. Same, and that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. But that's and it. the eyeliner. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's like saying uh, Cindy Crawford looks exactly like um, my third grade fucking librarian. If, They're both if women. They, but... If they did the exact same photo shoot and kind of had a similar look, I would say that. Okay. All right. Let's get <laughs> Let's get into this fucking just absolutely amazing album. <laughs> okay sorry track, about that yeah track number one debauchery ah uh, great actually can i start the uh because this song kind of reminded me of a story and i think a little story time is is okay for our listeners i usually have a good one be quick so my band was playing in hollywood we were playing at the whiskey go-go and it was a saturday night and after the show we were invited to a house party down in long beach california probably about 3.30 in the morning. Um, I'd been doing cocaine and drinking all night like any, you know, fucking delinquent rocker would be back then. And we get to this big house in Long Beach, and there are some glasses of orange juice lined up on a breakfast bar in the kitchen, probably two or three of them. And, you know, we're smoking some weed now, trying to, you know, kind of relax, put some landing gear out. And I was thirsty, so I drank one. And... 
not too long after my guitar player at the time like grabs me by the arm and he drags me in the bathroom he's like dude you look fucked up like really fucked up you're acting unhinged like what's going on with you i look in the mirror i'm like Ugh. like my eyes are all fucked up like, right so we leave the bathroom go back out in the kitchen there's this really big muscular bald guy and he's who drank this fucking orange juice on there and i was like i did why he goes and he comes like storming over to me and he's like that was mine. It was fucking methamphetamine. It was fucking crystal meth and fucking orange juice. And those are my drugs, right? So he can see now that I'm like, I, I'm literally panicked. I'm like, what? Ah, ah. Like, and so he's like, the look on his face changes. And he, he leans in to me, to my ear. And he quietly says, I hope you're not busy for the next couple of days. And, <laughs> and he walks away. And I, and I literally just lost my mind because, you know, I've been doing cocaine all night. And fucking now I've done this heavy dose of methamphetamine. So uh, I insisted I be rushed to Cedar, Cedar Cyanide Hospital. So they rushed me to Cedar Cyanide where I went in fucking with like blue hair and ah, like insane. And uh, yeah, they laid me down in a dark room for a few hours and gave me, I think, Benadryl or something. That's how I remember it anyway. And uh, yeah, I had to play the coconut teaser the next day and I never slept. And uh, yeah, just it was fucked up. So yeah, fun story. Okay. Uh, uh This is a dirty, sleazy opening track. It sets the mood for the album. I love it. Tyler giving us ultra cool lyrics. Um, I hear you guys. Um, it's it's feathered with nice harmonies. I liked what they did on this album because, you know, I'm not going to lie. Tyler, obviously not the most technical, not the greatest singer, but very cool. And they did uh, layer him with really good harmonies, backgrounds and all these choruses, which, you know, took some of the edge off. Um, the solos, a killer mix of slide and single notes. I fucking love this guitar solo. Um, and the drums are just so rock and roll. Uh, just locks in with the bass. It's just great. I love this opening track. Uh, Dave, what'd you think? Debauchery. Yeah, it was an okay opener uh, with an explosion. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd have picked something a little more energetic. Uh, very raw recording, not slick production at all. Uh, the guitars are real and in your face, not covered up by a bunch of effects. That was very cool. Uh, these guys are making the most of what they've got. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Ed, debauchery. Uh, I think you both made some good points there. My question is to you, Des. Do you want me to start with the positives or the negatives? Uh, just let it unravel. Like, uh, okay. fucking, yeah, let it go. Uh, I agree with both of you, especially Dave's comment on the production. I, I, what I did like about this whole album is the rawness of it. I prefer less effects and just this is what it sounds like, love it or hate it. Uh, some positive, the bass line in this song is fantastic. Really enjoyed it. It moves all over the place, and I really just, it was great. The music is decent overall. I feel it sounds a little immature almost for what I was expecting. Um, however, I'm not a fan of the change uh, in the music behind the solo and then coming back around in the chorus. I wanted to just fucking, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> and it brings me to the beginning of the song. Fee, fi, fo, fum. That is quite possibly the worst fucking thing I've ever heard. That no. literally made me want to throw up. But no, they're, they're English, same. man. 
And they're saying they're going to be fucking giants. They're saying no, they're going to be giants. No. You know what? I, I heard him say that. I said, we're a chainsaw away from this band being Jackal. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, don't insult the dog exactly like that. What that's, it is. that's inappropriate. That's nope. inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fee, playlist played out or just okay? I'd prefer to listen to Jackal than this. Oh, stop um, it. Oh. Jackal sucks. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. And? And your point. Okay. Um, so uh, played out for me. I, you know, I'm with you guys. The, the musically decent, like a lot of these songs I think are really cool. Like the music is just well done. It, uh, I, I don't know. I, di I didn't think like I get what they're trying to do. Intro track, debauchery. We're all about, you know, like just fucking good times, fucking around, getting down and dirty, you know. And I, I just I didn't think the I, I thought the tune needed to be a little little more heavier in your face for that and it just didn't come through for me on, on that way so played out for me okay uh second track so there's two tracks on this album that i've played in just about every band i've been in this is one of them and last bandit is the second one i've played these songs so many times on stage i can't even tell you specifically last bandit but this one too uh i don't want you to go um i fucking I love this opening guitar riff. It's one of my favorites. Like this is just such a cool riff. Um, and every other riff in the song is just so good. We get the super melodic guitar solo. Um, I love the story. Tyler spins in this one in the verses. And um, it's topped off with this like totally infectious chorus. I mean, you hear it once and it's like, that's all you need. I'm sure we could all sing it right now. And of course, the end of the song, the breakdown, I love it. I love the big echoey guitar. Ba -da -da. It's just oh, so good. And it's got a cool video, too, if you've ever seen it. Um, and these guys are so ugly. They look nothing like poison, <laughs> which is what I love. I love it. Uh, Dave, I don't want you to go. All right. Yeah. Reached number 78 on the UK singles chart. Uh, great guitar opening. Killer chorus. A uh, little wah-wah pedal action on the guitar solo. Uh, like the breakdown after the solo with some fancy effects thrown in just the right amount. There's a little uh, backwards reverb or something like that, but it's not over the top like a Poison album. That's, right. that's another key difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Dave, something you said there. This, this guy, Joe Dog, he... Like the way he used the wah pedal was so controlled. Like you rarely hear someone using wah pedal to where it doesn't start hurting your ears when they use it as much as he does. He yeah. had it feathered in just right. Like his guitar sound for me, this is the guitar sound that I strive to have. This, the way he plays guitar is the way I, um, I reach to play. I want to play guitar like this. And it's taken me years and years to even be able to play kind of like this guy. Like <laughs> I learned all the other shit very easily, the shredding, the single note stuff. I thought all that was pretty easy to play like um, Keith Richards or like this guy or like um, Jimi Hendrix or like these guys that you have to learn all these very special chords to play like this. And these inflections, it's very difficult. So that's why I can't understate how, how good this guitar playing is. Ed, what do you think? Uh, so I rated all these songs on a scale of one to 10. Okay. The highest rated song is later on. Okay. And it was a five. Oh, all that. However, oh. however 
this song gave me hope. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is a decent song. I like the chorus. Uh, however, the singer really just his tone, his it, it just his voice <laughs> okay. did not work for me at all anywhere. Uh, I feel like like I can deal with the scratch. I kind of like that, but the problem is it lacks the attitude of personality. What? You know, like like yeah, I think it's I think it's just a, it's all attitude and nope. personality. That's all I he has. I think it doesn't. I don't think it carries across in the recording. I think it's it's like a bad mix of the New York Dolls and the we psychedelic. We need to give you all the options. I think that's exactly what it is, and that's what makes it so fucking good. Yeah, but he doesn't pull it off the way those two bands pull it off. That's oh. my point. Oh, but he does. But he does. No. All right. Um, <laughs> he, dude, he said the New York Dolls and the, and the psychedelic first like it was a bad thing. No. <laughs> no. I was saying it like it's a good thing. I like those bands. Those okay. bands, I enjoy listening to those bands. <laughs> okay. Okay. B. Um <laughs> Plato playlists are just okay. Hey. No, not, <laughs> not every time. Not really. Not really. No, just let's okay. eliminate one. Um <laughs> No, that this song kind of gave me hope too, because like my first note on this is like, wow, really cool intro. You know, I really enjoyed that. And uh and then the vocal gets featured and it's like fucking Wreck It Ralph shows up, you know? Just terrible. <laughs> oh, Absolutely terrible. But the guitar playing in this song is wicked cool. I love it. I love that riff. Like, um, man, this is one of my higher rated songs on the on the album, but it's still just okay for me because... The singer. Yeah. Tyler just doesn't do it for me at all. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys this. All right. I'm <laughs> not going to hold you guys to the fire for not liking this singer because it's not for everybody. It's not. And he's not right. great. And I know this. It's, he's not a great singer. You either love it or you don't. That's it. Yeah. It's it's just that cut and dry. I love it. I love it. And 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 actually, I was worried when I started listening that it was going to start grinding on me by the end, but it never did because I just love it. It's like David Johansson. I can listen to it all day long. Some people can't listen to one note. It's just the way it goes. Uh, how come it never rains? Oh, okay. I'm gushing here. I'm gushing here. <laughs> uh, the piano on this absolutely beautiful. This this is how you do piano in one of these songs. Uh, slide guitar performed masterfully, masterfully. Uh, the heartbeat drum, boom, 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 boom. I fucking, I absolutely love it. And then you top it off with all these great lyrics. Um, you know, so soulful vocal from Tyla. The words are so good. I just, I love this fucking song. I fucking love it. And the video, again, is so cool. And it just underlines how these are not glam rockers. Like, you watch the video, you're like, ooh, how'd you let that get out? You know? Like, both of these videos, this and um, I Don't Want You to Go, you watch the videos and you're like, ooh, should have used a filter or something. But they're cool. That's what makes it cool. Tyler sings in key. And he can harmonize with himself very well. He's got a lot of inflection. But... It is a one-trick pony, and I'm not going to lie. It's a one-trick pony. And Dave, what were your thoughts on How Come It Never Rains? All right. It reached number 44 on the UK singles chart. There's a little taste of keyboard opening, some honky-tonk piano sprinkled throughout. We're going with the classic album formula. Thank you to Philip Lewis of L.A. Guns for this secret. We put a ballad at track number three on the disc. 
Tyler is reaching some vocal heights in the middle section here. I love it. A true and tried formula in the 80s. You can't miss with a ballad in that spot. All right. Ed, what did you think of How Come It Never Rains? Uh, yeah, you nailed it right there with, with his voice. He can definitely sing a key. He can harmonize with himself, but that's all he's got. <clears throat> it is. It is. Uh, some positives. Yeah, the piano and bass, great. They fit the song really well. However, my very first note was, I thought this was a cover of Leader of the Pack. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Stop it. And not even like the original. I thought it was a cover of Twisted Sisters version of Leader of the Pack. Dude, it doesn't sound anything like Leader of the Pack. It that doesn't... is the vibe I got oh, from it, where it was like, it came and then it was like, da-da-da. And I'm like, oh, fucking kill me now. Fuck, uh, I hate Leader of the Pack. And I love this. Uh, so... Uh, we lost Dave. Oh, I'm sure we'll be back. Keep going. There it is. All right. So uh, <laughs> the opening, I just think is, is very similar. Uh, I'm not a fan of this song. This is like for as much hope as I had with the previous song, this one just started going, started the landslide. That is the remainder of this album for me. I don't know, <laughs> man. How can you not like this song? It's so good. Ah, oh, fee. Go ahead. Let's hear how come you love how come it never rains. Tell me why you love this song. Well, Des, you told a story last week, and, and not really a story, but you just you talked about Dave Grohl and how this like guy can't deliver a melancholy note, and like you know, I was crying during this song because I wanted it to be fucking over, but um, <laughs> I, I just like this guy can't either, you know, like he is he is that one one trick pony, you know, it doesn't it just doesn't work for me, and I kind of like. I think the song's about like, fuck my life, you know, like how come it's always just shitting on me, you know, whatever. And like, I, I just, I couldn't feel it with, with that, with that vocal because he sounds like he has fucking throat cancer, you know, like it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, so, but in a lot of these songs, I'm like, here's why Des likes it because it kind of tells a cool story he thinks and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's really cool. And there's some good guitar playing in there. I like the piano touch to the music. Um, and I like the chorus for this. Actually, it was. I thought this was one of the better choruses on the on the album. Um, not, in a, but like kind of just how they played it. I thought it was. A, so overall, I gave this a just okay. You, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I probably could have given every song on this a, a played out, but but I I was I listened and listened and listened and listened again just to be like, all right, what is good about this? What is good? What do I like about this? You know? So I, I tried, I, I tried really fucking hard, man, really hard, but this is challenging. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just, At least you guys are giving it a, an honest <laughs> listen. That's all I can yeah. ask. Um, <clears throat> last bandit. I'm going to tip my hat. This is my favorite song in the album. Oh. Uh, really? Holy oh man. Shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Uh, last bandit. So, like I said before, this is the second song I played in a million bands, and this is the one I played the most. Um, I love this synth intro leading in to in the intro. I love Tyler screaming like the banshee at the beginning. Um, <laughs> some of my favorite lyrics of all times. I love the story. I love everything he's saying. Um, the harmonies on this one so catchy. The drums sound great, specifically the cymbals in this. Oh, my God. I don't know what they did with these cymbals, but I love them. The bass is perfect. And then we get another great guitar solo. Really good. Like, fucking Joe Dog is so good on this. 
Ah, uh, Dave, what'd you think of this one? I know you love it. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't remember keyboard at being of this, but I uh, do remember the wild yelping that Tyler lets out. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. Love the song. Uh, great chorus. I feel like the guitar solo could have been spiced up a little bit, um, and then there were some cool tom fills on the drums towards the end. Yeah, uh, Dave. I think that um, Joe Dog went out of his way to try to really emulate like his best Rolling Stones guitar playing here. Uh, I agree with you. There were some spots, especially back in 1988, where I wished that he had, um, you know, turned it up a little bit, you know, for sure. Just a little. Yeah, for sure. Especially in Last Bandit. Like, give me a little more. But, (laughs) but, you know, now as an old, boring fucking fart, I'm like, ooh, I like it just like that. (laughs) Uh, Ed, what'd you think? Uh, I thought the keyboard intro was really good, but completely out of place with what I've heard so far on this album. Yeah. I thought it just didn't fit. However, the music kicks in and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. This here's something decent and ready to kick it into a higher gear. And then that scream, what the (laughs) ever loving fuck. Remember when we were in first grade and you take music class and you get those recorders and you always blow too hard into it, and it squeaks. <laughs> oh, I seriously think they hired a first grader to play a recorder over that screen to double it. Oh, it no. made no sense to me. I'm like, that is quite possibly the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. It, it was so bad, I literally threw my iPod and smashed it. No, no, Ed, it's supposed <laughs> yes. to be like a fucking coyote out in the wild, a bandit. Ow. No. And it wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I had Fee. such high hopes because I'm like, oh, good, good, good. And then that. And I'm like, fuck this. Oh, God. Fee, what do you think? What you got on it? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that coyote out in the wild because this is what that song reminded me of was, I, you know, same thing. Like, I hear it. I have kind of hopes for it. And then the scream. Fuck. You know? And I go hiking a lot, so I, what I picture myself is I'm I'm hiking in the woods. I'm I'm kind of on a solo mission hiking, and and I hear that scream, and I'm like, "Fuck, something's getting murdered!" Like this is <laughs> awful, you know. <laughs> and, and then I'm then I'm feared for my life because I'm like, "Am I next?" Like that sounded like someone dying. That was terrible. Um, and my only other note on the song was, I know Dez absolutely loves this song. Love this song. Love this song. Mind you, I met you like five times online right now, and I know I'm like, Des loves this fucking song. I fucking love this song. Um, This song's played out. It sucks. Yeah. Oh, God. No fucking chance. Oh, no. Okay. Um, So the next song, again, I fucking love this song. It's so different. I love it. This was, I, I was tossed up between this and Last Bandit for my favorite song on the record. Medicine Man. I fucking love this tune. Uh, what a change of pace for the album here. Um, I love the pian- uh, the panning on the drum intro. So cool. Love the opening guitar riffs layered on top of each other. So good. Then we get these amazing lyrics from Tyla. Um, they're just so unique and so just so different than what was going on at the time. It's not written about like Saturday night and getting with the girls and lipstick and Harleys and Jack Daniels. Like this has got some substance. This story means something. And I really like it. Um, 
And there's some very delicate guitar work going on here if you listen to it. Like if you actually put your headphones on and listen to what he's delivering here, it's really deliberate, careful guitar playing. And I fucking love it. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I picked up on those, uh, you know, pan Tom hits at the beginning of the song. That was cool. Uh, decent gang vocals. There there are no delicate harmonies in this band. It's just all, you know, just sort of everybody yelling in a room. You know, that's cool. Um, so maybe, I, I don't know, Tyler can get together with Ian Asbury from The Cult and they can yeah. write a whole album about Native Americans or something. <laughs> that might be kind of cool. But. <laughs> Yeah, but the outro of the song is fun. Uh, sounds like a live show thing that maybe tried to translate to the record, where they're you know speeding it up and you know going wild at the end. So, yeah. Uh Ed, what do you got on uh, Medicine Man? So nice. let me let me preface this by saying, listen, all the credit in the world to them. You know, they were a band. They played. They did their thing, and I appreciate them for that. However, this, I just can't stand the singer's voice at this point in the album. I, here's my notes. I can't stand this singer's lyrics or voice. Uh, he sounds like a bad version of other singers. I wish I wasn't able to fix my iPod. The band is really good, though. Okay, okay. Uh... It is like like this band. I, I dig the music. I really dig the music. It's the lyrics in, in vocals that just... I'm like, oh, and and what's funny, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I guess this is a fact we should have brought up in the beginning. Tyler's American, and the rest of the band's all UK. No, no, he's no. English. He's English. The, the original singer was American, oh. and then okay, he that's quit. What it was then. And then Tyler changed from playing guitar to being the lead singer. Ah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Okay, all right. Because yeah. I feel like they're a UK version, which they are, trying to be a dirty LA band but not having any idea what Dirty L.A. is. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, I'll agree with that, because they don't sound anything like uh, an L.A. glam band from 1988. Yeah. Hey, what'd you think? Yeah, this was another one that I, I did. My first note on this was, yeah, that, that drum, the drums are cool on the intro. I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I had some high hopes for this song. And and I'm like, oh, there, here's another one Des loves because it's a cool fucking story. And, <laughs> you know, all week I'm listening to these songs. I'm like, Des is going to love this fucking story and just the like dirtiness of the band. And Dave's going to talk about some Berkeley shit that I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and, you know, and and like maybe these guys are going to change my mind like a see here on, you know, like what, what how I think about this. Um <sighs> I don't know, like just the progression of this song just didn't didn't work for me overall. But I will say that this is probably Tyler's best vocal on the album, but it still played out for me. Um, And I think the biggest part of it was like coming out of that second chorus. There's like I don't know if it's a bridge or what it is, but when the the music just kind of changed, and I was like, what? I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. I didn't like it. Played out. You guys are fucking nuts for loving this album. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) um all right so unfortunately so the first five songs for me it's a hundred watt album like these first five songs it's perfect like if this was the if this was the album it's i love every single song almost equally but hitting track six the album starts to cool off a little bit for me here um so this one is gonna get it right um you know great intro 
I love the hard kick beat out of the gate. More cool lyrics. The bass is running wild on this one, which I loved in contrast to the straight drum beat. Uh, this bass player is cool. And the drummer, you know, he's he's intentionally playing straight here. And I think the bass player is intentionally running all over the song, which I thought was cool. Uh, we get more great, great guitar work here. Um, some really good harmonica, which I love. I always love a good harp in a song. But this one feels a bit like a filler to me. And, you know, the story's nothing special. It was This one was just okay, you know? Uh, Dave, what'd you think? I kind of felt the same. Uh, good mid-tempo number, uh, great chorus. Not breaking any revolutionary ground here, but solid, cool rock and roll. I uh, like the uh, chorus bass effect after the uh, char solo. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Ed, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, uh, again, music is giving me hope. Then the vocals kick in, and it sounds like he recorded them while taking a shit. Um, <laughs> oh, here's my positive, though. Like, musically, <laughs> I think this is a great song musically. I, the band, I love the vibe of it. I love the harmonica. Like you said, I think the solo is great. I think the bass is great. I love that effect on it. The chorus. Uh, and I actually liked the little bit of harmonies that was in the, in the, uh, vocals. Just, Oh, it's the medicine man. And these next two songs are my lowest rated songs. I literally had to like bracket them to figure out which one I like the least. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, what do you got? Uh, oddly enough, this was one of my favorite songs on the album. <laughs> nice. <laughs> blows. Um, That's good. That's good. Uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of read the note here because this is this is the progression of it for me. Cool intro, then the throat cancer starts. Okay. Um, but I like the transition into the chorus. The music's totally solid in this one. I just I enjoy it. I'm with I'm with Ed on this. I would really like this song with a decent vocal in it. Yeah. But it's just okay for me. Just I'm okay. going to agree with you guys here, okay? I love my dogs the more with Tyler, but I always have to ask myself, would I love my dogs the more even more with another singer that was kind of in this vein, but had more to offer? I guess I'll never know. Um, track seven, everything I want. So this is, I'm going to tip my hat again. This is definitely the worst song of the album. And it is the worst song. I mean, we get a great slinky intro, uh, the harp, the piano. I love it all. But this effect they chose to put on Tyler's voice. I mean, the voice is rough as it is. And then you put this vocal on this uh, effect on the vocal where I can't even understand what he's saying. It didn't work for me. It made it hard to hear the lyrics. It made it hard to listen to the song. Um, it's just a basic blues jam. I mean, overall, definitely nothing special here. This is a filler track and it was hurt by the production. Uh, Dave, what'd you think? Yeah. It's like he's whispering in his vocal. Yeah. I don't think it's so much an effect as he's, he's yeah. doing that in, into the mic. And yeah. like, I, I get, you know, you're, you're going for something there, but you know, maybe didn't translate quite correctly. Um, a little blues harp in the opening band kicks in sounds a lot like Hanoi rocks taxi driver. Um, yeah. You know, just that doubled guitar and bass. Da, na, 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 na. Um, yeah. A song oh, okay. about lost love okay. repeats a verse. Unfortunately, a little short on lyrics. We could have yeah. gotten a little deeper there. And then that, uh, that blues ending, you know, which is it, it works, but you know, it's a little, little hacky. 
Yeah, Dave, I, another song that came to my mind was Smash Alley by Faster Pussycat. Oh, you yeah, know? that's that's the yeah. same. Yeah, so <laughs> they're all, all the same it. song. They're all they're all the same song. Uh, yeah, and I think when you're whispering, it's probably ill-advised to put the reverb on like 22. Oh, yeah. You know, that doesn't work. Uh, Ed, what do you think? All right. Uh, very cool opening. I really like the groove. I think the music's well again. Uh, but I find the song's uneventful. It doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, again, the, the singer just absolutely wrecks this song. Uh, I actually started to read a book during this song. <laughs> and I agree. I'm going to agree with you on this one. Tyler ruined this song. Yeah. Oh, that's I wish it. I knew. So you read a book? What book? I mean, the listeners have to know. What were you reading? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might be the most was, interesting thing. Yeah, I sat reading a spy novel, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and Fee, what did you think, I guess? Go ahead. I kind of like this, you know, the intro to this uh, too. But, and I'm glad you guys brought it up because my one note on this, I'm like, this is a ripoff tune. Like I've heard this song before, like the music in this and, uh, and I, and I couldn't figure it out. But now that you mentioned those two songs, I'm like, yeah, that's probably exactly where I heard it before. So, um, yeah, my other note, this is the worst vocal ever, Ugh, you know, (laughs) it is is. played out. This song sucks. Yeah. Okay. It is. I'm going to give you that one. Yeah. Uh, It's just okay for me though. There's no, there's no play that's. Uh, track eight, <laughs> Heartbreak. So like I alluded to, we went on a three-song skid here. We just did. I mean, from track five, we're, we're on fire. And then from track six to track eight, it's a skid. It just is. Um, again, not much to say here. It's a fun little blues jam. Uh, it's, been, it's built around a story of heartbreak. There are some really fun lyrics in here that he delivers. You know, you just keep doing what you do. I mean, I smile. I, I'm like, it's clever. There's some fun stuff here, but nothing pops on this song. Nothing. It's just okay. Uh, Dave, what'd you think? Uh, the opening line, I fell in love when I fell down the stairs, is classic. Uh, yeah. Another broken heart song, ultimately. Uh, but they're telling a story and painting a picture with this song. I liked it. Yeah, I did, Joe. I did, Joe. But, you know. Uh, Ed, what'd you think of Heartbreak? All right, heartbreak. Uh, everything started to turn around for me at this point. Uh, another good opening, ruined by the singer. Uh, I continued reading a book. Again, the band is good. I really like the music in this band. <laughs> and that's and that's the beginning of these next three songs, because I thought they got progressively better. Yeah. Fee, what do you got? Yeah, same thing. I, I don't know if anybody else got this at all, but I kind of... This song kind of had a Georgia Satellites feel to me a little bit. Definitely. Um, sure. It was, yeah. you know, it was just okay for me. Um, I felt that the 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 lyrics and kind of fit the best on this song with the music overall and everything. Like it was just it was an it was an okay song. Just okay. Yeah, I like that. That that um Georgia Satellites thing. I wonder how he would have done on this album. I I I kind of went through that with with him and with two other bands as well and well we'll talk about it at the end okay all right i like that though that's that's very insightful all right track nine billy two rivers i mean you guys aren't gonna be surprised to know that i fucking love (laughs) this song this is probably my favorite vocal performance by tyla on the album i it's just 
It's got so much heart. It's got so much feel. Uh, the chorus, the melody he's he's given me in this chorus, I it's so simple, but I just love it. Um, lyrics are great. Harmonies, melody. Uh, for a simple acoustic track, I love it every single time. And I do like that they feather a little percussion in on it, too. It just keeps it kind of moving along for me. Uh, Dave, which thing? Yeah, it's a nice acoustic duo slash harmony singing opening. Uh, the slide guitar sneaks in there and sounds really nice. They stay basically acoustic with a little timekeeping on the kick drum. I have to wonder if they recorded a full band version and then decided when they were mixing it to make it sort of acoustic uh, or, or if they recorded it like that. But, you know, that'd be curious to know. But it's cool. I love it. Dave, that's so cool. You know what? It's funny. Doesn't it kind of feel like they were peeling stuff off the track instead of like putting stuff on the track? Right. Like they like, recorded a whole song and then just sort of, you know, cut it back to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it almost does have a feel uh, the way they're performing the vocal, like they maybe could have been singing over more music. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed, what do you think of Billy Two Rivers? Uh, I actually like this song. Yeah. I, this is the first song that I didn't want to murder the singer. Okay. <laughs> I thought his voice fit it. However, this could have been a really good song if someone else arranged it and produced it. I think there's too much overdubbing of the vocal. I mm. think there should have been sporadic harmony parts, and that's it. And I think the song would have been fantastic. Yeah, I think they knew what was going on in this album, and they had something here that sounded maybe next level for the album and they just wanted to pad Tyler's vocals as much as they could on this song to make it more palatable to the ear vocally. That's what I think. Uh, Fee, what'd you think? It, is that what that was? Cause I couldn't tell, like I knew there was, there were like at least two vocals going on at the same time. Is it, is it both him or is there somebody else singing with him? I have to guess it's somebody else. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's him, uh, you know, overdubbing or just like him and the guitar player or him and the bass okay. player, you know, something like that. But it, it kind of sounds like two different people singing. Yeah, if it is him harmonizing with himself, I really wish he had gone to that other voice more on this record and right. maybe sprinkled it with what he was doing throughout the record. Because it still would have been Tyler, you know. Or the, or the yeah. second guy singing sang some more backups on the, on the exactly album. <laughs> exactly like during the verses and stuff yeah. well and that and that's kind of what i was thinking like this song was just okay for me for that for that reason was that the the that backing vocal kind of covered the shittiness of the lead vocal you know so <laughs> yeah um okay. so yeah but it was a good story but but overall just just okay like not like nothing that i would ever play again you know but okay. just, just okay yeah. i'm feeling like we may have a new bottom of the mountain here uh, all right, so we're at the last track. So it was an, it was actually a really brisk ten songs though, which was nice. These songs were all very short. It wasn't a grind to get yeah. through this album. Um, so wait until I'm dead. So you guys all have to agree that this was like surprising when this kicks in, right? With the sax and these synths. Like, I love the song. I love the intro with the saxophone. Great bass line. It's the slickest production on the album and almost to the point where it sounds like it was recorded in a different studio by a different band. Like it's <laughs> really weird. Um, doesn't sound like the rest of the album. Great lyrics. I'm glad they added some really quality background vocals on this one. Again, almost like different than the rest of the record. Um, it's really smooth. 
uh, it really helps Tyler's rough voice um, in the chorus specifically. Kind of reminded me of, like the Junkyard album when they had those uh, those ringers come in and do the backgrounds behind uh, David Roach. Um, so Des, are, are you saying that his voice kind of wore on you over the 10 tracks? Um, it didn't wear on me, but it started making me imagine, reimagine the album with another singer. It did. It did. Because like you guys are saying, these are great songs musically. Um, you know, they're a little simple here and there. They maybe could have used some, some different arrangements that might've made them better. But yeah, I'm going to say it. Yeah, sure. I would have liked to have heard what they could have done with a different singer for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Great end of the album, though. I really liked it, and I liked him kind of giving his, uh, you know, special thanks at the end in that, you know, heavy British voice. I thought it was fun. Uh, Dave, what do you think of this one for the final track? Yeah, a little sax action. Uh, if yeah. you like Hanoi Rocks, you're going to love the dogs DM more. Uh, some of the sounds in this song, you know, you, you were mentioning the production sounded a little different. Uh, some of the sounds are almost new wavy. Like the like the sax and the guitar and stuff, yeah. you know, I just got that like early '80s new wave vibe off of some mm-hmm. of them. Uh, again, great chorus. Uh, the the voiceover towards the end, I could have done without. It was kind of funny, but yeah. but they could have gotten away without that. Yeah, as a 18 year old kid listening to this record, what I liked about it was I got to hear Tyler talking, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> it's how he fucking <laughs> sounds, you know. Um, <laughs> Ed, what is Hello, Righto. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> <laughs> another cigarette, <laughs> <laughs> Ed, go ahead. All right. Uh, my first note is I want to thank Glenn Rafferty for joining the band. <laughs> okay. um, it, it, it took nine songs to get a well-written, well-produced song. Yeah. And like this song just, it's almost like they hired someone to come in and write them a hit. Yeah. It just, cause it's, it's the most radio friendly. I thought production wise, arrangement wise. Um, and I loved it until it took a giant fucking bird shit at the end with him talking. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm just like, ah, such a good song. If they just take that little 10 second clip out, I fucking love this song. Okay. Um, yeah, it sounded different than the rest of the album. It really did. It did. Like I said, yeah. this sounded like an entity that was completely separate. Uh, Fee, what did you think? Yeah, I thought this was a fitting end to the album because I could not wait for this album to to, to die. Like okay. I was just done with it at this point. Um, to die. <laughs> die in a wasteland in a desert. Yeah, okay. it was just not good. But but this track was cool. Um, I did like the, you know, the sax and everything. Like I thought, and yeah, and then the end of the song happened and I'm like, oh, God, delete. You're done. Okay. Um, All right. So, so we got just, just okay. We Just got okay. through the album. Um, I'm going to give my score last today because you guys talked me down a little bit. You guys, I'm going to be, I'm going to play the game like a true professional with integrity. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking black, give this thing some retarded score and everyone's going to roll their eyes. I'm going to try and do what's right here. Okay. Uh, so now it is time to release the bonus track. <laughs> so, listener Frank Cross of the New York City area requested 
wasted time from Skid Row. Okay, I am going to get us started on this one. So this, in my opinion, is the best hair metal male vocal ever recorded. Ever. That's not even close. Nobody's ever done anything like this. Sebastian Brock brings so much energy and emotion on this track. His range is on full display while not losing a fucking ounce of power on his voice. He is in complete control, and it blows me away every time I hear it. Um, I've never been a fan of the guitar work in Skid Row. I think these guys are fucking hacks. Their, their sounds are terrible. They're whammy-barring and fucking harmon, harm, harmonicking. It's just fucking disaster. These guys suck. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Dude, come on. Okay. Um, but, yeah. So, the track itself is pushing 96 watts. It's fucking killer. But the vocal is a 100-watt vocal. I mean, again, it, it gives me chills. It gives me goosebumps when I listen to what he's doing on this. He Every time you think he's gone as hot and as high and as powerful as you could, he does something else. And I'm just like, holy fucking shit could this guy sing in the day. He can't sing anymore at all. But he could sing in the day. Um, Dave, what do you think? Wasted time. All right. So you had a 96? I have a 96. Okay. Uh, rich, clean guitar intro, killer bass tone. Uh, the guitars are kind of scooped out um, tone-wise, maybe a little too much. Uh, I thought it was a great chorus, but I do have to stand up from for my Jersey brethren. You know, these guys are awesome guitar players. Okay. Don't, don't talk shit about my boys. <laughs> okay. My bad. <laughs> um, Sebastian Vox got uh, some big notes at the end of that first chorus. Um, you know, great screaming going into chorus two. Um, he is or was a great singer when you catch him at the right time. Uh, but I feel like he has a very undisciplined voice. Like they had to do, you know, a hundred takes in the studio to to get it right. But when they got it, they got it. You know, really, really nailed it hard. Yeah. Uh, tasty oh. guitar solo, kind of subdued. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the ending. I would have cut that last section and faded out with the chorus. But you know, what the hell do I know? They're Skid Row, and I'm me. So right. <laughs> uh, I give it a seventy-two. Seventy-two. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dave, there's no way he got this vocal in one take. This is probably yeah. nine thousand <laughs> takes to get this, but whatever. It, the final result was shockingly good. Vocal. Definitely worth it. Um, Ed, what do you got on the bonus track? All right, so I'm a big fan of the first Skid Row album. I thought it was great. Not so much the second one. However, this song I think is fantastic. Uh, I love it. And what's funny is I was never a huge fan of the guitar players. However, I just watched a documentary that came out. Um, was it called? I want to rock an eighties metal story or whatever it is. And what's that on? Uh, Paramount plus. Okay. I got to go find it later. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> and it kind of, it, uh, it, it, one of the people they kind of delve into and is a big part of it is uh, Snake Sabo, Dave Snake Sabo. And I really became a fan after that. Just knowing his story and everything, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Okay, I get it. Um, but 
yeah, I, I think the song just is, is really well, well done. And Sebastian, this was like his piece de resistance almost. I mean, yes, it's just great. But overall, I gave it a 75.6 watts. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to just say that I'm giving this song, this isn't a 96 watt song, like a song. I'm only giving it, I agree with you guys, probably high 70s, low 80s for a song, but I can't give it that because I've never heard a singer do what Sebastian Bach did on this track. It's fine. That's your opinion. That's what's great about it. Yeah. So that's why I just want the listeners to know why I'm giving it such a high score. It's because this vocal track is special. Fee, what do you got? All right, see, now you guys got me kind of thinking differently because you know, I'm the same as Ed. I uh, I really enjoyed Skid Row's first album. I really did not enjoy the the, the second, and uh, you know, so I was I was kind of rating it on the the Skid Row scale, if you will. You know, like did did I enjoy the song? You know, did I enjoy the song? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it was okay, but I I would say Skid Row probably has like eight or ten other tracks that I enjoy more than this personally. Oh, me too. Yeah. So. Um, so with that, I, I just gave it like a 68, you know, I, I, I was not, um, I, I, I think it's great. Like, I think it's a good song, but I, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, it's not, it's not going on any of my playlists when it comes to Skid Row. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you. I didn't like the second album either. And I think there's five songs better than this on the first album, but yeah. no vocal, like I've heard like this. So that's just, that was my thought process. Okay. Yep. Um, Ed or Dave, I'm not sure how we're doing the bonus track. I got Whichever, it. Okay, you're going to calculate the score. So what is the score? Uh, so the total watt score for this uh, one track is 77.9 watts. I like it. That's where it belongs. I said I it was. I said I high high 70s, low 80s. That's yep. where it belongs. So I'm glad I was able to, to give the vocal what I wanted, but still have it be where it belonged. Um, and Dave, where does that? put this i already know but where does that put this on the bonus track charts well this is an easy one this is second on the bonus track charts (laughs) behind queen's fat bottom girls right where it belongs and um frank cross from new york you are immortalized on the breaking vinyl bonus track wall thanks for the writing and people go to the facebook page i'm gonna leave up that uh I'm going to leave up that uh, bonus track post and leave your comments and we will do the songs if they need to be done. Um, Kevin Gilligan, we did see your request for Billy Springs, uh, but this one got voted in above that, but I'm going to give a quick uh, bonus bonus track. So uh, that song, the boy can play some acoustic guitar. Okay. Like this guy can play acoustic guitar, like uh, Ingve Malmsteen. That's what I got for you. I'm not going to score it. I was impressed by the guitar playing. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Okay. Uh, So what was our favorite track and what track would we cut on this? My favorite track, Last Bandit. Track I would cut, Everything I Want. Dave? Favorite track is I Don't Want You to Go. Very uh, Great song. Very catchy sing-along tune. Uh, I would cut everything I want. Uh, wouldn't necessarily be happy about it. I, I still like the song, but you know it's probably the weakest one. Okay. And Ed? Uh, my favorite track is Wait Until I'm Dead. And my cut track would be Medicine Man. Hmm. Interesting. I just hate that song. Okay. And Fee? 
Yeah, I wish I had a dartboard for this one with all the song names on it. But uh, <laughs> my, I guess I, I, I wrote Keep uh, Gonna Get It Right, uh, Cut, Last Bandit. Oh, that, that fucking oh. scream kills oh, me. Hurts. I can't. That hurts. That hurts. I can't. Yeah, me and Dan like, that hurts. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you had to replace one member, and uh, who would it be? I would cut Tyler, obviously. And I would replace him with a young Mick Jagger. I would like to hear him with a young Mick Jagger, this album. Uh, I would maintain that kind of, not over-the-top technical singing, but we would maintain the accent, and I think that we would get a better vocal here. More interesting, for sure. More dynamic singer. Uh, Dave, what do you got? All right. Um, kind of in the same boat as you. I like the band overall, but Tyler's voice is kind of uh, unique, let's say, and yeah. maybe not for everybody. Uh, no. So I'll sub in one of the uh, guys who is probably their influences, David Johansson of the New York Dolls. I like it. I yeah. like it. Um, you had compared this to Hanoi Rocks. I just want to say Michael Monroe is a very, very talented singer. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, crushes crushes tyler it's they're not even doing the same thing okay um ed what do you got uh i share the exact same thought as dave i had him swapped out with david johansson i think that would have been a great mix nice and uh i'm excited for this one this week fee shock us what do you got give us both i i went through the the, i went through the progression with this and um Part of me was saying uh, The Clash, and part of me was saying Chris Isaac. And I don't know. I love the way Chris Isaac delivers a vocal. I, he's I, he's a great fucking artist, in my opinion. Uh, I can't. We're, we're going to go see him in December out here in Vegas. Um, nice, nice. I, but I, you know, I I circled uh, Mick Jones from The Clash. You know, like his vocal performance mm. on like Train in Vain. Like I think I think that would be fitting across this album. I really, really enjoyed that. You know, I, yeah. I, I was, I was kind of picturing some of the tunes with his voice on it. And I was like, yeah, this could be a cool fucking tune. So, V, totally, I agree. He's got the scream. He's got the yeah. grit. He's got yeah. everything. It absolutely, one hundred percent, would work on this album. Yeah, yeah. You, you okay. could also go with a uh, Chris Robinson from the Black Crows. Oh, that was another <laughs> thought for a nanosecond, but I was yeah. like, no, I like the Black Crows too much to do this. So, yeah. I like yeah. that. No, Same I like vibe. that, though. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I like definitely, that. Definitely. Wow. Can you imagine that album? That Good call, be, Dave. Good com- call. Yeah, completely different album. I think I would like that very much, as yeah. I do like the Black Crows very much. Definitely. Okay. So let's do some final thoughts and album scores. Uh, I will start with Fee. Go ahead. Oh wow! Okay, um, <laughs> I I will say my score has been a roller coaster throughout the week. Like my initial score was a twenty on this thing. I was like, "This is fucking dog shit," you know. Oh, like I can't, and you know. And then after listening to it, what felt like seven thousand times was really only like five or six times. But uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I went into today with a thirty-eight, and then it got lower as we talked about it. <laughs> I, I uh, and I think this is too high still, but I'm gonna stick with it because it's my final number, 35. This album 35. sucks. Okay, yeah, I'll take guy, it. I'll take fucking it. Fucking Wreck It Ralph with throat cancer fucking ruins this album. Like, listen, he just does. Listen, 
Fee, I'll take that score seeing that fucking Dave gave nothing shocking a 34, okay? So (laughs) you're basically saying this is better than nothing shocking, which it's not. No, God, wait, I go 20, 20, take it back. No, no, too late. late. It's a All right. Oh, God. Okay. Ed, (laughs) final thoughts and what score? So I really like the band, honestly. Uh, Yeah. And what I liked about them is is I dig bands that I'm like, you know what? I I could have played in this band. I'm not a great musician, but I'm not a bad musician. You're and a good they musician. get that vibe where you're inspired like, shit, maybe I should have tried a little harder. Uh, you know, and that's some of the things I liked. However, the singer just fucking killed me. Uh, it's just such a huge problem for me, this whole fucking album. I actually came up with a system of scoring to try to make it a little more uh, even keeled before I threw my opinion in. And I did this for the past three albums uh, where I'll rate each song. I'll get the average scoring on that album. And then I'll multiply it by 10 and then increase it for each song that I really liked a lot or for hits that they had. Unfortunately for this, it averaged out to a two. A two? Oh, <laughs> yes. So my yes. score, my overall score for this, because I just, there was only one song that I really thought was like, eh, if it came on, I'd listen to the whole thing and not change it. So yes, my score is a 20 watts for this. Yes. Oh, at least it's not in single digits, 20 watts. Okay. Um, and I saved the best for last. Dave, what are your thoughts and your watt score on this album? All right, so I will say go out and get the 2013 digital remaster version. Uh, it sounds killer and blew away my old CD version that I had. Uh, very nice sound. Uh, if you're looking for clean, virtuoso playing, look elsewhere. We're not reinventing the wheel here. If you like dirty, drunken, gutter rock and roll, you will be into this. A little New York Dolls punk attitude and Keith Richards style guitar riffs mixed in with some uh, thoughtful, soulful, evocative lyrics has served these guys well. I'm going to give it an 83. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Um, Yeah. So this album was something so different when it was released. It's full of amazing riffs, lyrics. It's just, it's cool. Um. Is Tyler a little great singer? Definitely not. But much like David Johansson of the New York Dolls, sometimes a cool, different, unique voice paired with a really great lyrics and really cool music is enough to make a timeless album, which is worth returning to again and again and again. So my Watt score for this is going to be an 83.7. And I think that's fair. I wanted to go higher, but... I would like to hear this album with somebody else singing on it as well. So there it is. Those are the scores. So uh, hey, what's your score again? Should I go? Uh, 80. Four. My score's a four. It was, <laughs> it was an 80. Can I go a little higher? Did anybody really no, hear what already, I said? You already said right. what 83.7. 83.7. 83. Oh, 83. what was yours? 35, unfortunately. I went way too high. Oh, God. oh boy all right you ready to move on let's uh yeah so what's the uh watt score for this album so lucky for you okay 
the total watch score on this album is 55.42. Oh my God. I ruined it. God damn it. <laughs> yep. Should have kept with your original score fee. Uh, I'll never do that again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, Dave, where does that land this sucker on the breaking vinyl charts? Yep. That is just a, a touch below Jane's Addictions. Nothing shocking. Uh, and and above the Foo Fighters, the color and the shape. So we are Which at is... number 18 out of 19 on the Breaking Vinyl album chart. Which Dave, what was, absolute... what was the Foo Fighters? That is absolute bullshit, Ed. I'm with you. Like, that's, yeah. I, I'm changing my score. Dude, Foo Fighters at least are relevant, have hit songs. Right. Nope. Dude, that, that Foo Fighters album was like trying to, uh, like, trek the Serengeti. It was like, it was trying to make it to the top of Everest. Like, I died 10 times trying to listen to that yeah, fucking album. There was the a lot of filler on it, but it also had fucking a couple monster hits on it. It was Wait. fucking horrible. Okay, so as we can see, fucking Jane's Addiction, nothing shocking, is rising like a phoenix from the ashes. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, so here we go. Ed, uh, I, I, I dread asking you this question, but Ed, as you have the next album pick, Will you please tell us what vanilla slice of scoop of ice cream you're serving up next week for us and the listeners to listen to? I am going to give everyone a wonderful album by oh, no, you're a band not. that is a musician's band. Oh, I hate it already. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I first heard of these guys in the probably early 80s. Uh, they're out of Texas. And the band's name is King's X. Okay. And the album is King's X. It is their fourth album, I believe. Okay. NGS King's X. And this is the guy that wears like the band jacket, like the red and, uh, with the baubles on it. It's got the mohawk. Yes. Yeah. It's got the mohawk. Okay. Yep. Doug Pinnock. Okay. Doug, Doug Pinnock. Pinnock. Okay. Great bass player. And uh, would nice you guy. like to give a listener a shout out that might have influenced this pick? I would. Okay, go ahead. My buddy Seamus. Seamus! Hey! Yep, Seamus, this is totally for him because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. That guy gave a great comment. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate the feedback, good or bad. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, Seamus and I went back and forth a little bit, and we both agreed King's X would be a fantastic pick. I love that you made friends with Seamus because, fucking, I thought he hated us. I'm like, I thought Seamus was going to be, like, the one-time troll that was like, you guys are fucking idiot bozos. I hate you. And we'd never he hear from me. him again. <laughs> he hated, he hated me because he was pissed off that uh, I gave, well, Dave and myself gave Jane's Addiction such a shitty score. That's fucking awesome. Oh, God. All right. So, Seamus, I, I'll be honest with you. I only know one song from this band, that's it, and I couldn't even hum it. So this is going to be a brand new, fresh listen for me like I never heard the album before. Um, any of you guys ever drink uh, methamphetamine in a glass of orange juice, Ed? Definitely not, no. Fee? <laughs> I don't think so. And Dave? Um, not today, not yet. Okay. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Um still early. Great, yeah, great. <laughs> great show today. Uh, I appreciate all the listeners. I appreciate you guys. You always make it fun breaking down an album. 
Um, if you guys would like, go over to our sister podcast. We uh, reviewed Fast Times at Richmond High last night. Where uh, great movie? Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I said a bunch of weird shit about my life again, and we didn't no. talk about it. Yeah, and I said stuff that offended my two female. Oh, yeah. I talked about how I wanted to put my hand in the girl's underwear, just weird <laughs> shit. So if you, if you want to hear that stuff, go over there and check that out. And uh, yeah, until next week, take those albums out of the sleeve and let the music breathe. See you later, guys. See you. Bye bye. See ya.